This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. ...ability to produce the necessary amount of energy. The Millican Music School's percussion ensembles are hosting Synergy, a percussion concert in Albert Taylor Theater, Saturday at 7.30. Tickets are available for $10 at Kirkland Fine Arts Center. For more on those and other stories and podcasts and videos, check out our website anytime, nowdecatur.com. They left with many questions unanswered. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, residents in East Palestine, Ohio, where there's still a chemical smell. Angry over a derailed freight train that burned for days with toxic spills and smoke. It's not he said, she said. They screwed up our town. They're going to fix it. That's Mayor Trent Conaway. I have experienced headaches and coughing. I try not to go outside because every time I go outside, my throat gets scratchy. I have sore throat, um, headaches. They asked about testing of air and water quality in the area. The EPA continues to assure the public that there's no immediate threat to their health. Claim area residents are finding hard to believe. And noticeably absent at that meeting, any representatives from Norfolk Southern Railroad. The company citing fears of potential violence, saying in a statement, we've become increasingly concerned about the growing physical threat to our employees. Fox's Marianne Rafferty, it's now over 40,000 people dead in the Turkey and Syria earthquake devastation, though they rescued another survivor today. Trapped in the rubble for 248 hours. President Biden, who's now 80, will get a physical exam today. Reuters reports they may also talk publicly about the unidentified object shot down after the Chinese spy balloon taken down earlier. Democratic Senator John Tester tells Fox the president has to address this. There's a lot of people that are very concerned. Freedom and privacy is a big issue in Montana and across this country. Uh, people are concerned. I think it would help. Thousands gathered last night for a vigil at Michigan State for the three students murdered in Monday night shooting, five others critically wounded. I will do everything in my power to make sure that those we've lost are not just numbers or stories to be forgotten in a week or month from now. Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer calling for stricter gun laws. The killer shot himself later. Shooting halted shopping at a mall in El Paso, Texas. Three people injured, one killed. Interim Police Chief Pete Pasillas. We have two in custody. There is no more danger. America's listening to Fox News. You've heard me discuss how my everyday aches and pains were affecting my daily life before I started taking Relief Factor. You've also heard me talk to you about how my friends and family have found relief from their aches and pains with Relief Factor. Well, let me tell you about Gary from California. Gary says, I cannot thank you enough. I am 62 years old and have just started taking Relief Factor. I've never felt better and will recommend Relief Factor to all my baby boomer friends. Well, thanks for writing, Gary. Three weeks from now, you could be doing the things you enjoy doing. Your first step to living the life you love, free from aches and pains, could just be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. After trying Relief Factor, over half a million people have gone on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Live your best life and feel the difference. With Relief Factor. That El Paso, Texas shooting that left one dead and three injured is right across a large parking lot from the Walmart where a gunman targeting Mexicans massacred 23 people in 2019. Just last week, Patrick Crucius pleaded guilty to federal hate crimes charges. He still could get the death penalty on state murder charges. In Buffalo, New York, the man who targeted black people in a supermarket shooting in May was sentenced to life in prison. I did a terrible thing that day. I shot and killed people because they were black. Looking back now, I can't believe I actually did it. Peyton Gendron says he believed then the racist hate he read online that motivated him. His apology came after the families of 10 people he murdered yelled at Gendron. And then one of them even lunged at him, but was stopped by court officers. Again, Gendron gets life in prison, no chance for parole. The Tennessee National Guard is investigating what caused a Black Hawk helicopter to crash on a training mission in Alabama. I just hollered, my Lord, my God, because nobody could have survived that. That's because she says the helicopter exploded when it hit the ground. Two crew members were killed. The police chief in Oakland, California, has been fired. The mayor says she's lost confidence in Chief Leron Armstrong, who's been under fire over how he handled department misconduct allegations. I have decided to separate from Chief Leron Armstrong from the city. 
without cause. Outside investigators concluded that Armstrong suffered a gross dereliction of duty and found him not credible. Armstrong says he's disappointed in the decision, calling himself a loyal and effective reformer of the police department, adding he's committed no misconduct as chief. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are down modestly ahead of the opening bell next hour. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Don't miss your chance to cheer on fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here. 15,000, another shutout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. And the celebration is on! Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. Here is Nick Smith with your News Channel 20 Storm Team Forecast. Today's showers are likely possible thunderstorms, cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, a chance of rain and also snow showers, mostly cloudy, low around 23. For Friday, mostly sunny, high near 32. And Saturday, sunny and breezy with a high near 48. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 36 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.06. Welcome to the 7 o'clock hour of Buyers and Company. City Hall Insider, publisher of the Decatur Tribune, former mayor of Decatur, Paul Osborne, joins us. Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Topper today, and then we'll check in with Julie Melton from Richland Community College to tell you about the big culinary event that's coming up. Company starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Good morning and welcome. The uh, municipal election is coming up. We'll be honest before we know it, to be uh, truthful. Uh, people have asked about the uh, school board uh, candidates and whatnot, uh, people that are running. We're going to get into that in a couple of weeks. Uh, I know Dr. Morris has already started that on the Morris Code. You can check out those podcasts at nowdicator.com. Uh, but it is important. Paul Osborne in studios today. There's also a question on the ballots causing some confusion. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But uh, we were talking early about the governor's state of the state address. You You had to deliver as mayor. In fact, I remember it was the day after the election for your first one. You had to sort of ad lib it uh, uh, on stage at the Civic Center. We were there. Uh, how did that? I, I guess maybe they, used, they they did that thing earlier than they do now. I, I'm not sure, but I uh, I know this was, uh, I think I mentioned several weeks ago, I was elected on an April Fool's Day and then like I hadn't had any sleep or anything, so the very next morning, you know, I delivered the the state of the city. Actually, uh, you know, I had no track record. I wasn't even in office yet, so that was a. It doesn't matter. Just look at <laughs> look at Dan. Uh, but I remember that morning fondly. Uh, and you know, when you look at a state of the state address or a state of the union address by the president of the United States or anything like that. Um, it used to be you could sort of find areas of agreement. You could find things that you disagree with. You could, there was nuance in, in sort of describing what was said in an hour, an hour and a half. It wasn't just all bad or all good. Yeah. And I tried when I, uh, you know, I gave several uh, state of the city addresses, always looked forward to, to getting them. And for me, it was kind of a boost because, you know, you deal with a lot of uh, negative problems during the year and the people that, you know, that want to do something that's a little off the wall. But there you can focus on all the good things that happen in the community and just list them and look at people and say, this is what happened. And you can see the enthusiasm kind of building in them. It doesn't mean that you ignore some of the negative things in the community, but you, you, you lay the groundwork to say, Hey, look, you know, there are some negative things, but overall we're moving ahead and we're doing good things in Decatur. And that was always 
Well, you covered it all, you know, every year, yeah. and that was the message. And I think, you know, whether it's a state of the union, a state of the state, or a state of the city, I think you want to balance that. You don't want to ignore things that are challenges in and, that. And I don't think anyone is for ignoring it. That's right. But but there is this all hat, no cattle thing with this Eastern Bloc uh, Freedom Caucus, folks. This was Dan Calkins' response to an hour and a half speech. And I'll just read it to you. Uh, Illinois State Representative Dan Calkins issued a statement following Governor Pritzker's fifth annual budget proposal presented to the Illinois General Assembly on Wednesday. Now, here's the quote. What you just heard is a billionaire's budget. No concept of where money comes from or worry about cost. If Illinois is going to have a record revenue, like the governor suggests, we should be paying down debt, saving for emergencies, and making permanent tax cuts like Indiana and other states are instead of election year rebates. I heard nothing in that speech that respects the taxpayers of this state. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I received that. I received – you can kind of – before you even open them, you but kind I mean, of know what This is the very definition of all hat, no cattle. There's yeah. nothing – I mean, this is three sentences saying all bad. And our guy, who had all the answers, had to concede at 701 on election night. Yeah. Well, I, I think you – So look how at, does he speak for the voters? Well, yeah, I think that's it, and that's what the comeback can be from from the governor. You know, the voters have spoken. Do you think the they, governor's going to have a comeback to Dan Calkins? <laughs> I, I mean, that that's the thing. It, 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 is there's this weird disconnect where they are happy to be this small, tiny – uh, have no sway, no influence, no power, no seat at the table, just throw fireballs and raise money, and they're content with that. Well, it doesn't, uh, you, you can't really be content with that. And I, I think that, you know, you saw whether it was Democrats or Republicans, the Democrats all applauded the speech, the yeah. Republicans. Except you know, Susanna Mendoza, who to her great credit, had some criticism about some things, you know, I, and, but the Illinois Manufacturing Association started with the things they agreed with and then said, here's what we disagree with. That's, that's what the you do. The State Chamber yeah. of Commerce did the same thing. But the State Chamber of Commerce and the Illinois Manufacturing Association used to be the wheel house of the republican party yeah well i think you're looking realistically at at what you want to get done in this state and uh you know you can object to things and you can say i don't agree with that and it's, it's a bunch of baloney and i represent the people and that but somewhere along the line you're going to have to make some inroads and have some power to get something done for your constituency and you can't just stand back and and throw arrows and darts at that's what's it, being said it's not only what we're doing at the state house is what we're doing in congress well, and when I looked at those news releases, and, and uh, you pointed this out just, you know, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, you have those from Republicans, from Democrats, and, and radical somewhat on both sides. And then you have those that looked at the speech that he gave and said, you know, there's some good things. You know, I admit there's some good things, and we like that. We applaud that. But also there are some areas that concern us. Maybe not enough uh, money that's going to be allocated for this. That's how you analyze but, a speech. But, but if you look at some of the numbers for the state of Illinois, and I'm in no means arguing that we've perfected anything or we're where we need to be. But in 2019, we had an $8 billion bill backlog, right, that they hadn't paid, which has been eliminated. The rainy day fund was sitting at $60,000. 60 grand. You know what that gets you in a rainy day fund for the state of Illinois? About eight minutes. Gets you two umbrellas. Yeah, and now it's $1.9 billion. Our credit rating was at near junk status. It's had six upgrades since then. Uh, our gross domestic product was $881 billion. It's now $1.24 trillion. Our pension fund ratio has moved up three or four percent. There has been progress. Now, that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything the government or Pritzker stands for or not, but when you just do this, yeah, 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 you are, but what am I? I mean, it's just so childish. Yeah, yeah, I would like, to, I would like to see more input in, into the things that are constructive. Saying, you know, uh, okay, you know, we've made some inroads, and uh, there, but there's there are other things that need to be done. Yes, and I disagree, maybe with the direction that, Ab- that's going. Absolutely, yeah. but but here's the opening paragraph of the Freedom Caucus, which got a new member this week, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, now, given everything we just said, this is the opening paragraph, and we all know there's a, a phrase about bearing the lead, right? I mean, you're supposed to bring it in your opening paragraph. 
We find it amusing that we seem to live rent-free in Governor J.B. Pritzker's head, but we are disappointed that he seems incapable of coming up with a different insult other than the overused carnival barkers reference. But whatever the insult used, the only tool he has at his disposal is insults and wisecracks because he has no idea and no vision for our state. Hmm. That's their opening lead. Yeah. After he just shellacked your candidate, you are even in a smaller minority than you were on election day or before election day in November, and you have absolutely no clout. What makes these people think they live rent free in his head? I don't know. I do know that some some Democrats that while they approved and, and agreed with a lot of the speech, they also had uh, you know some concerns about some of the the financial uh, uh, obligations and projections. I think. I think the governor is, is dealing with the black caucus, which is growing more powerful, the Latino caucus, which is growing more powerful, and they're certainly making demands on him. So even though they agree with a lot of, of what the governor's done and support that, I mean, they have their own demands. And I think that's what I'd like to see the Republican Party do or those who represent us saying, you know, fine speech. We agree some of these things have been taken care of. I have some concerns about the future. I have some concerns about the allocations of funds for I, this. I and- have a huge concerns about why we keep bailing out the state-funded college system because it's so bloated. And so, I mean, they're never going to get it right if we keep bailing them out. Well, I, I think it, it addresses, too, the concern that so many, including myself, is that we keep throwing money at things. Like money is going to be is going to solve everything. And I think what this budget is three billion over last year. I mean, that's three billion dollars, and we do know that a lot of the, the COVID funds, the pandemic funds, now have disappeared. So I think there's some rightful concerns of people saying, "Hey, wait a minute here. I'm a little concerned about this additional spending when we're not going to have the federal revenue that we had in, in the coming." So that that's practical. That's looking at it and saying. I have concerns. Can you explain this or can we reduce this or put more money here and less money there? I think that's how you analyze a, a state of the state message. You know, pick out the good. No matter who's delivering it. That's right. Whether it's Republican or Democrat, analyze it from the standpoint that, yeah, these are the successes. Now, when we're looking to the future on this, these are my concerns and this is where I think we should go. I think you don't only just... Uh, you, you don't just throw it out totally. You have some constructive criticism and applause also. But this is just, if you don't want to be called a carnival barker, quit barking. Yeah, I, I just, I, I wish there would be more. Substance? Yeah, I think even in those statements, if you're going to disagree with the governor, give me more substance instead of just, uh, you know, some buzz, some buzz lines and to kind of excite people. But, I, but uh, here's the thing that I don't understand about the base that supports these candidates. Do you not see that you're not gaining any ground? Do you not see that you're not really getting a seat at the table? Do you not see that these people you constantly keep voting for are raising a lot of money off of you, but you're not getting anything in return? Yeah, I think you, I would like to see those people saying, hey, I expect a little more now. You know, I elected you and now I expect some more substance in what you're saying. I expect more direction and I expect some inclusion in this. I mean, you're just being discounted because of what you're saying. Like, you don't matter. Hey, I got elected without you. If you're you're talking about the governor, I don't need you. And so whatever you say is not going to impact what I'm doing. I want people representing us, representing the Republican Party, who have impact with a a Democrat governor. And and you always felt like you had that with the Dwayne Nolans and the Frank Watsons, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Even think, if they were in the minority as far as, you know, leadership, they got things done. Well, I think that's that's the, the bottom line of all this. You know, it's one thing to say a lot of things and uh, you perfectly you've been elected. You, you can say what you feel that you want to say. But the other side of this is and I think the more pressing issue is what are you getting done? You know, what are you getting done for the people you represent? You're standing up for them? You know, fine. But in standing up for them, what are you getting done that's meaningful and bringing uh, meaningful uh, issues uh, before the governor and getting some resolution that's going to help our district, the district we live in? That's the reason we elected you, to go over there and do something for us. All right. Here's what Dan Brady, who I thought was one of the best interviews we did. uh, He was running for secretary of state. Uh, and, uh, he is, 
he's a guy that even, you know, Julie Curry called me and, and asked about, you know, introducing, worked across the aisle with a lot of people, well respected. And he, this is what he said this week. One of the things I've noticed the Republicans did in the primary to themselves, Republicans over the years have hitched their wagon to who has the most money. An individual, talking about Ken Griffin, created a slate, a handful of people they thought should be running for these offices. They forgot one thing, the will of the people. That was a huge mistake. And the rest of us are left with the mess that they created. Uh, they spent $50 million to win two primary races and not a single thing in the general election. Yeah. Now, the grifters... The people that get a lot of that $50 million, you, you know, to play the system, you know, they take the donations, they take the money, they take, they don't get you results, yeah. but they all put a lot of money in their pockets in doing that. Well, I, I think you also have to look at this, that those that have been elected and have legitimate concerns and could bring something back to their district are being impacted in a negative way in their effectiveness because everybody's being thrown now, you know, into the same camp that we don't need to pay any attention to them. And, and that's sad. It's sad for us, you know. And I think uh, we want everyone to be as effective as they can be when they go over there to represent us. We want a voice. I don't think we do, though. I don't, I, I, when you say the, the royal we, I, I think there I do. are. I, I know. I, <laughs> and I know you do, but and I do as well. But I think there's plenty of people that are going to be just super happy with Mary Miller throwing firebombs and Dan Hawkins throwing firebombs, and they're not ever going to question what are we getting out of it. Well, and the bottom line is, you know, uh, those were the people elected. And if they're happy with but them. But they were uh, drawn into districts on purpose because the other side here's what i don't understand about the republican notion of this today how can you not be smart enough to go the democrats want them there well yeah but and that's always been the case when they've been in power no but i'm saying but they want they know every time they do this thing there's a certain amount of the base that's happy but the rest of the people go what is wrong with them well and it pushes more people to the other side yes It's, it's what it's what happens and uh I don't know. I, I think we can talk about the situation and, and lament the fact of, uh, of the representation, uh, representation or lack of it that we have. But you know, I'd like to see us move forward in more of a constructive way. In terms, gonna, I don't see it happening. Though. Yeah, and, and that's what uh, you know. You wonder. You scratch your head and say, "How do we get out of this? How do we have power over there?" You would again? think. I, I would have guessed. Nah, maybe that's too generous. I would think. That after the November election and after this expected red wave and after all of these things that we were told about what Americans really think and then the results after that would have given the entire party of this state pause. Yeah. But it didn't. They just doubled down the next day. Well, they doubled down and several people who bought into that got elected, got reelected. And so not in any competitive district, they didn't. No, and they probably Dan Hawkins didn't have an opponent. He was going to get reelected no matter what. And they drew that district for him because they want him there. Not because he's a great negotiator, not because he's got a view that they think should be heard. They think as long as that guy is there spewing his stuff, it's good for us. Well, that's a democratic strategy. It is. Well, it's everybody's strategy, but, but you got to be realistic enough, even if it's your own party to see that. Yeah, I think what we look to now are the, uh, the, the Democrats and uh, that in the Democratic Party that look at the budget and look and they express their concerns because the governor will listen to them. Yeah. I mean, they have an inroad to the governor. Well, they got the majority. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So, uh, you know, the only way the governor can lose is if they turn against him and say, we're well, not going anywhere. I don't, you, you know, uh, Bruce Rauner won the governor's mansion as a Republican in the state of Illinois. I mean, he was the the governor before J.B. Pritzker. Right. Now, he was a disaster. Uh, I mean, I personally liked the guy all right. I mean, as a human being, but he didn't, you know, he thought he was going to break the unions and do all this stuff. And the, and that's why Pritzker came in. And I mean, it was, I mean, he mopped, you know, an incumbent governor up. I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, and then everybody's, you know, through COVID, fire Pritzker, you know, all the, the stuff out there. It wasn't even close again. 
No. And you got to listen to the people. And if you can't get a hundred percent agreement, you got to be okay to have fifty percent agreement, or forty percent agreement, or thirty percent agreement to serve your constituents. You have to have agreement somewhere along the line. Yeah. You you cannot serve without some agreement. No, but you they can. don't. They don't have any. It's just all all bad or all good. And and both sides. We're talking about here specifically, but this goes on across the country. Now I want to get to this because you wrote about it this morning about the referendum on the Macon County Auditor, which will be on the the ballot. Uh, some People are already voting, right? Yeah. Twenty uh, third. Twenty third. Yeah. Um, what? What? Clarify this for us. Well, there's a referendum uh, on this ballot that asks if we should do away with the office of auditor. And uh, uh, actually, what the the county board decided to do is put this question not to do away with the office itself, but in electing an auditor. And, and what was the impetus behind this? I, I think because of the demands of of some high qualifications for that office anymore, because you know, it's it's pretty complicated, and just hire someone or elect someone because they're popular to fill that. I think I'd do that with every countywide office we have. Well, I think we're seeing it move towards the sheriff's office, not necessarily in this county, that more stringent qualifications are being put forth. And maybe someday a sheriff will be appointed instead of elected because police chiefs appointed. Yeah. He runs a much bigger department Police than the Chief, sheriff Police chief, fire chief, the city government, they appoint yeah. him. We don't elect those people, I, I, city I think, manager. You know, we've had people, and I know you alluded to this, and, and I guess I won't name names, but I know exactly who you're talking about. You know, they, they, they put a $1,000 computer on his desk. doesn't even know how to turn it on. Yeah, that's what was told me that said that, you know, you like this person. With uh, no qualification. A nice person, but not qualified for the office. And I think rightfully so that, that people will make the choice. Do you want someone elected? Fortunately, we have someone in that office now who's going to retire who's a CPA. You know, this is a very important – the auditor's office is pretty low-key and low-profile as far as the public is yeah, concerned. I, I, I think I would be happy if we woke up tomorrow and we hired all of these people. Yeah, but I, I think the – I think it uh, – Maybe the the uh, the question should have been should the elective the elected office you know be eliminated because yeah. there's still going to be an auditor and if the people you're not going to save any money but you hopefully you're going to get a better quality I mean not that our auditor is great I mean but but moving forward you get someone that knows how to do the job and, and it's not like I'm I'm not treating people like dummies but I would guess that ninety eight point Two percent of the people voting for auditor don't even know what the auditor does, and they're deciding in a job interview. Here's our auditor. That's right, and I know you know we get checks from the auditor for advertising. That I mean, there's a lot that goes through that auditor's office, yeah. and so you know I want someone in that position that knows what they're doing. Fortunately, the city or the county now has in that office elected to that office a, a CPA. Yep. You know, and but. What about the next time when she retires? How about the next elected official for that office? Will I, they have any experience at all? I think you could make the case for doing it across the board. Yeah, at least maybe in, in this office here. And and I think as we move forward, these offices become more complicated well, and more but, technical. But, but these are, I mean, but but they're very much so. Whether it's what Josh is doing as the clerk, whether the auditor, whether the sheriff, all of these positions, the idea that the whim of the voters with very little, you know, uh, information are deciding who is going to be in charge of, of complicated jobs. Well, yeah, are you elected because you're a Democrat or a Republican? Or it happens all you, the time. Yeah. Or because you're qualified for the job, and how does how does the public know the qualifications? I think the only other the argument on the other side of this is that the people still want to elect those officials and have that say. But you elect the county board members; they would be the ones, you know. As it's no to it's no different than electing the city council, who then hires a city manager, who then decides who the police chief is, who the fire chief is. Who I, I mean, it, there's no difference. Well, and we've seen that work in the city, too. We've had some great police chiefs, great fire chiefs, and uh, the city manager, you know, you don't vote on a city manager. The city manager is hired by the city council. Yeah, and we've seen it not work, in fairness, but, but it's it been works corrected. more than it doesn't work versus just leaving it up to, you know, a handful of actual registered voters that actually bother to show up and vote. Yeah, and the effort is to show up and vote for either a Democrat or Republican, let alone any yeah. qualification. And, and we've had people that win these county offices that, that, that put in one day a week. Yeah, because the staff knows how to do it, but yep. they don't. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's a, I think it's an important question, and, and probably of all the questions on this ballot, 
you know, that's one people should consider. Do we want to keep electing an auditor or do we still want the same position, but we want someone with the qualifications to do the job? And and I'll be the first to admit, uh, and I'll throw this on myself, I have no idea how to determine that because I am not an auditor. I don't have a clue. Yeah, and I, I think you're now, not alone. You gotta be careful too, cause you can't have like the county board just, you know, doing the nepotism thing or taking care of cronies or, or party people. You gotta hire actual people. And I think that's the bottom line, which might be the greatest concern. Will yep. they hire the right person or will it still be yep. a partisan hire? All right, Paul, great stuff. We're out of time. We'll see you next week. Paul Osborne, the City Hall Insider. We'll be back after news. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Governor Pritzker is unveiling a nearly $50 billion budget that makes a heavy investment in early childhood education. One major component of the governor's plan would focus on the importance of preschool, quality child care, early intervention, and home visits. He's also calling for more money for K-12 education, college MAP grants, and programs to ease worker shortages. Macon County nonprofits are eligible to apply for up to $2,000 in micro-grants to fund professional development programs through the Community Foundation. The deadline to apply is March 31st. Selected nonprofits will get their awards on April 13th. Microgrants can be used for conference registration and associated travel costs, course registration, board development, webinars, and more. For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit our website, nowdecatur.com. News. I'm Chris Foster. A vigil's held at Michigan State University for three students killed and five wounded in Monday night's mass shooting. With a shared commitment to help each other and a promise to remember those we have lost, we will learn to find joy once again. It's MSU basketball coach Tom Izzo. A 79-year-old woman's reported killed seven people hurt in Russian missile strikes in Pavlorad, Ukraine. 36 missiles in two hours rained down on cities from east to west. Ukraine says it shot down 16 of them, a less successful defense than it claimed to have put up in previous attacks. The head of Ukraine's presidential office warned Russia appears to have changed its tactics in order to get round air defenses. Fox's Jonathan Savage. The Senate has joined the House, former unanimously condemning the Chinese government sending a spy balloon over the United States. China's foreign ministry calls the resolutions purely political manipulation and malicious hype. America's listening to Fox News. Hi, this is Colleen Brinkotter with Brinkotter Realtors. Are you thinking of buying or selling a home? Give me a call. Colleen, 217-433-9068. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, moving up or downsizing or relocating, from the staging, marketing, to negotiating, to close. With over 25 years of experience, I can assist with making this a stress-free adventure. Call me, Colleen, 217-433-9068. I would love the opportunity to list your home to get it sold for you or find you a house to make your new home. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. Here is a look at your News Channel 20 storm team forecast today. Showers likely, possible thunderstorm, cloudy, high near 44. Tonight, a chance of rain, then also snow showers, mostly cloudy, low around 23. For Friday, mostly sunny, high near 32. And Saturday, sunny and breezy with a high near 48. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 36 degrees. Your WSOY time is 733. Sports on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. We got a guest host in for Mark the next couple of days. Tim Kane joins us in for Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. All right. I mean, I know I get excited when Tiger Woods comes back. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of people in the golf world and uh, television world specifically get excited. But do the kids? 
I would have to guess that he moves the needle in some way, shape, or form. I mean, he he remains the biggest name in golf. I, I if you if you were to ask any random person in in under thirty who a professional golfer is, that's how you talk about. I would yeah. yeah, I think that would have to be the case. He's going to make his PGA return return at the Genesis Invitational uh, this weekend at the Riviera Country Club. In the Pacific Palisades in California, that tournament starts today. This will mark Tiger's first non-major PGA Tour start since October 2020. He's not played since missing the cut at the Open Championship in July last year. My advice is enjoy the fact that the 47-year-old can play professional competitive golf. Betting odds are against him making the cut, but he's he's Tiger. I mean, you, you can't ignore what the guy has done and what he's capable of doing. If this goes well, the next place he'll probably play will be the Players' Championship, and that's in three weeks, and that gives him four weeks before the Masters. In this tournament this weekend, 23 of the top 25 official world golf rankings will be teeing it up, and the field strength is considered comparable to a major championship. Yeah, and it's always on. You can take the Genesis stuff. It's the Riviera Country Club. Come on, man. We, gotta, I, I get so tired of the same changes. Uh, yeah, he. Listen, if he does well, CBS will be very happy. And even even just the fact that he goes out and plays, I, everybody who loves golf should love that. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, on the other side of the break, we'll do this New Mexico basketball story. is crazy. We'll talk about it with uh, Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Tupper. It's brought to you by First National Bank, the quality bank now open in downtown Decatur. Billingsley is a name that people have known in Decatur for decades. It has stood for quality automotive service for over 75 years. When we decided to expand our operation to include a brand new travel center, it had to be done right. With a project of that scale, we turned to First National Bank of Decatur to help us navigate the complicated financial aspects. With First National Bank's help, we are well on our way to a grand opening. I'm Myra Billingsley, and on behalf of the Billingsley family, I want to thank First National Bank. First National Bank, the quality bank. Member FDIC, FNBQuality.Bank. All right, we're back here with Tim Kane sitting in for Mark Tupper. All right, break down this New Mexico State story. This stuff is just like out of the 1950s. Yeah, this this is truly ugly. One of the quotes from one of the students on the campus interviewed about it um, said, well, my dad was telling me about this, and he started telling me about hazing, and I thought, hazing? That's so 90. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the way younger people are looking at it now. The remainder of the school's men's basketball season has been canceled as New Mexico State investigates hazing allegations within the program. They announced the decision Sunday afternoon, so of course it was buried amid Super Bowl coverage, but, but we're not going to let them hide it. Um, they also fired their first-year head coach earlier this week. The decisions are in the wake of revelations about hazing on the team. A player reported he was targeted multiple times by three teammates no one's been charged. The player who is a victim says he doesn't want charges. He doesn't want to file charges. The police report did say that the actions may rise to criminal sexual contact and false imprisonment charges. Uh, this has been uh, this has been an ugly year in general, or ugly season in general for the New Mexico State basketball team. In November, um, a game between. New Mexico State in New Mexico was postponed after police reported an on-campus shooting at New Mexico that left a New Mexico student dead and led to a police investigation. A New Mexico State player was suspended in connection with the shooting. The school's statement said that the decision to suspend operations for the season this year is separate from that case. We've got Sport Talk at 5 o'clock tonight. Scott Chapman and I will welcome our longtime pal, Joey Wagner of 24-7 Sports to talk some Illini. All right, Tim, we appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock. What the hell is this? I mean, it's not like, I mean, how do you feel so entitled when you're at New Mexico State? Not that it's going to be okay anywhere else, but I mean, it's like, this is like just ridiculous run amok. Yeah, bad, bad behavior if you were to read the specific details. Oof. Yeah, you can't. In this world, this he shouldn't have done it before. But in here's this what, world, here's what I don't understand. Uh, uh, even in today's culture, right? And and today's culture is a lot different than 20 years ago or 50 years ago. And you, you know, I always look at if this would be assault, like on a female, 
why isn't assault on a male? Yeah, and that's what they're talking about. But we still have that in our heads for some reason, right? Mm -hmm. Why is that? I have no idea. I mean, if you did this, mm -hmm. if a male basketball player did this to a female basketball oh, yeah. player, yeah. they'd be in jail. Mm -hmm. Why do we have some different thought in our head about male on male? I don't know. Because uh, as stupid as it sounds, people go, ah, boys will be boys. It's no! Like, no, that, no, that's not that's not that. You keep your boy over there. Yeah. It's inappropriate. It, it's, I think that word is even way Light. off. Yeah, it's, it, diet. it's criminal. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's you super don't just suspend, suspend your basketball like season, like we're done. Right. Fire the coach and then the police are saying, you know, these, these could come to criminal levels. Mm -hmm. I, this hazing thing, I, I never understood it. Never understood the allure of A, wanting to do it to someone or wanting to put yourself in a position to have it done to you. Mm -hmm. Now, you were in a fraternity. Yep. I don't know what that experience was like, and yep. feel free to share or not share. Uh, I, that, that whole thing was just like a no-go for me. Yeah, there's certainly, you know, in that culture of uh, sports does it, fraternities do it, that... The guys, it, it's, and even in, in sororities and, and female teams, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it, it's a weird hierarchy. It's a, it's a, some will describe it as a right of, it's just inappropriate. All right. This is bad. Now there, there's also to me degrees of difference in that conversation. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. They tape the rookie to the field goal post mm -hmm. as a prank on hard knocks. Mm -hmm. Isn't the same thing as what we're talking no. about here. Hey, you got to carry the bags up for me or you know, stuff yeah. like that. It's still dumb. It it's is. meathead. It's everything you hate about athletics. Mm -hmm. Like that meathead stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's really not about being funny. It's about liking the fact that you can pick on people. Mm -hmm. I, the heart of it, right? And creating a hierarchy and a power dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But this stuff. It's gross. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, your New Mexico state, anybody's paying attention to you one way or the other, but certainly now this is going to be your reputation. Yeah, you're in the news now. Yeah. Aggies. <laughs> is that what they are there? Yeah. They are the Aggies. How many Aggies do we have? I don't know. <laughs> they, they've made the tournament a few times. Our own Rodney Walker went there, you know, and played oh, the tournament. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten about that. Yep. All right. Well, I, this is like, I never know when these administrators come out and go, we had no idea. <laughs> Maybe they didn't. You, you would think that if anybody had any idea that they'd be like, nope, <laughs> we're not doing that. What was Dennis Miller's line about frats? Yeah, I don't remember like about that. your idea of having fun is dropping bing cherries out of your butt into you know, <laughs> martini glasses on a Saturday night. Can't get further away. I mean, I just no, thank you. Yeah. All right, we get back on the other side of the break. Uh, an event that has been uh, around for a long time. I was stunned at the it's the fifteenth annual. But the last couple of years, they've had to kind of do some variations of this. It's back in person. It's a wonderful event if you've ever been to it. And uh, Julie will join us from Richland Community College to tell you all about the uh, the culinary scholarship dinner and how you can go and participate. It's wonderful. Back with more after this. Small footsteps through big trees. Laughter muffled by leaves. Knowing looks on unknown paths. Wherever you roam, the primary care team at HSHS Medical Group will be right by your side so your family can focus on what matters most, sharing the next adventure. HSHS Medical Group, here with you for adventures big and small. Hi, this is Dan Martini, letting you know about the first-class service you get with First Mid Insurance Group, providing Central Illinois insurance coverage for over 100 years. We specialize insurance for your business and represent A-rated insurance companies such as West Bend Insurance. We guarantee you superior service, building trust through expertise to help make your business secure. We assess your needs and offer you a variety of insurance products and services. Service, whether it is in response to an insurance claim or just a general question, is the most important value we can offer you. Call us today at 217-877-3344, firstmidinsurance.com. 
Realtor.com. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Has the stock market slumps and instability this year got you concerned? Would you like a way that could protect your retirement when the markets are down? Gold Alliance would like to give you two free reports, the Inflation Survival Plan and the Stock Market Correction Plan. Both reveal how to protect your savings in uncertain times. It's absolutely free. Don't wait. Call 800-200-2079. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. We are back here on a uh, Thursday, and uh, Julie Melton joins us uh, via phone line today. I know you're having a hectic morning. We're glad you could be with us. How are you today? I appreciate it. It's always a hectic morning in the Melton household. (laughs) All right. Julie is the Assistant (laughs) Vice President of Institutional Advancement at Richland Community College, and the Culinary Scholarship Dinner is returning for its 15th year. It is returning. We have had to pivot the last uh, couple of years, which we've had some really successful events, but we've also seen a demand for wanting the original dinner to return. So we are happy it's back. All right. So it's coming up on Saturday, March 25th. Uh, describe the evening for people who maybe haven't been before. Um, well, what I'd like to say is that the shilling salons are absolutely transformed uh, to really whatever the theme is. And this year we're returning to New York because in 2020 we were supposed to go to New York and that trip was canceled for our students. So now we're returning to the Big Apple where they can showcase the cuisine uh, that they experienced while in New York. So it's April um, that we have chefs and the students prepare and we talk a little bit about each course as well as have wine. And it's just really a great time to learn more about the students and their experiences as well as the food um, that they're preparing. All right. Over the years, this has raised almost a half a million dollars for the Culinary Arts Institute, right? It has. And we, we do do typical gala things. We'll have a silent auction and a live auction. Um, we're going to throw kind of a wine uh, toss activity in there, too. Um, and so all of those things do help us raise more money for the students. All right. It's a great program, and the chef does a great job. Uh, give me, do you know what any of the eight uh, New York-style dishes are? Can you give us a tease of, like, one or two? I, I wish I did, but Chef really keeps that under wraps. Uh-huh. about uh, the last minute for printing, and we're kind of like, Brian, let us know. We have to print this. So he, he and his students are meticulously planning this um, menu, and I unfortunately don't know quite yet, but um, it's always amazing. Right. You, you know this. You've gone to the bistro. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's fantastic. I remember the yeah. first year for this. I'm just stunned. It was 15 years ago. Uh, all right. Well, so here's the deal. 5 p.m. cocktail hour. This is Saturday, March 25th. 6 p.m. multi-course seated dinner, desserts, uh, the, as you said, transform the show community education center into like some a remote location it doesn't even look anywhere like it normally looks tickets are 125 dollars, or you can get a table of eight for uh a thousand i'm assuming there right mm-hmm. Absolutely. yeah yeah all right uh, yeah it, um we are ticket sales are kind of going um huge so we um we are probably about 75 percent full right now so get your tickets uh, people people definitely are excited about coming to this event. All right, don't procrastinate. I know it seems like a little while to get right. to March 25th, but you don't want to like call and find out they're sold out. All right, Julie, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great day, and uh, this is fun. Have you ever been to the... I know you did the takeout one year, right? Yeah, definitely did the takeout one year, and I think I've been maybe two or three other times. Yeah. And I've eaten at the Bistro multiple times. I love it out there. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal. And New York, there better be some pizza. New York style pizza is my favorite. What would you, if you were to describe New York dishes? Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of hard to put your finger on for me because New York is the biggest melting pot probably in the whole world. Um, you know, in terms of 
cultures coming down and 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 being yeah, yeah. well of course i mean it's the reason the the harbor has statues right. <laughs> you know uh i like i'm thinking though like are there uh you know some areas probably a mix of all that great ethnicity yeah, and, the you know, people from all things, over yeah. the world right that's what i would think uh i, I think that the the new york street hot dog yep. kind of would be mm-hmm. on that list yeah the street food is is a big portion the you know the ethnic groups cheesecake know. Yeah, certainly oh, yeah. got to go there for dessert, That's right? A good, yeah, absolutely, good call on that. Uh, as you mentioned, the pizza, I, I think uh, they've got the egg and cheese on a roll. They've got yeah. the the cronut. Oh yeah, yeah, that's born there. Pastrami on rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the deli is a big thing up that. Actually, that's a staple. The you know the the deli sandwiches is, is pr- well, very common. Yeah, you get the bagels with cream cheese mm-hmm. and locks, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Right, you can go anyway. Yeah, they've got some famous steakhouses too, as Dwayne points out. Absolutely, it, it's just a nice melting pot. I love New York. Yeah, the uh, the porterhouse steak uh-huh. is sort of, I think, the, the New York Strip. The, the, well, well I, I know it's called the New York Strip, but I, I think uh-huh. it's the porterhouse that yeah. sort of rules the day there. Yeah. Hmm. Think about Greenwich Village, East Village, Lower East Side, right. Soho. I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of. They probably all have their own. Picking eight won't be hard to do. No, and and there will be a story to to match it. You know, this is why that fits, and you go absolutely it does. Lot lot of Italian food up there. Did they put the cucumber on the the bagel with locks? I don't know. That wouldn't be anything I'd eat. So I, why is I that? Don't I don't know. I, I don't like cucumbers. <laughs> So if they did, I would have told them to take it off. <laughs> uh, there's a whole bagel brunch that yeah. goes back to 1900. Uh-huh. Cream cheese, lox, capers, tomato, and red onions all stacked up on a sesame seed bagel. Yeah, if, you know, back in the day when when we were just all workers, 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 they had those delis that would have like. What the world does that mean? No, I'm just curious. What, meaning like. It was like three times. Workers, workers, workers. If you ever watch the hustle and bustle of like the 20s where, you know, a guy is carrying the, the crate of the oranges. And, yeah, and, we all had the transatlantic. Yeah. We, you know, the, the delis had the numbers like one through 100, you know, and, and it was like, here, it's, it's a pastrami on rye. Still it's, call it a deli number. Yeah. It's, it's like you're at the deli. Uh-huh. They still do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, trying to look around like iconic dishes. From New York. Yeah. Some not, of them also incorporate apples. Uh, that's another thing that everybody has a play on from being the big apple. Ooh, a beef patty at the Jamaican bakery. That looks really good. Mm. The I, hot dogs are definitely good. For sure. Thing, yep. right? mm-hmm. Soup dumplings are evidently a very big thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, I love New York pizza is my favorite kind of pizza. All right. What is New York pizza? I, I got to be honest with you. I don't really even know. It is. It is. Uh, Lamb noodles, evidently, a very big It's thing. got the cracker bottom that the thin crust pizzas around here have with the th- thick slice that might fly. It's it's a, it's a almost like a hybrid in between. It's Neapolitan style. I, man, I, I want that big slice. You got to put your finger in the middle and fold. Fold it. Oh, man. With a snap in the middle. Mm. <laughs> love it. So it's thin slice. It's, thin it's hand crust. tossed, cooked, crispy. Yeah. And a lot of them will cook it twice, so you'll pull it out soft See, and then and, and put and it back into crispy. Here's a quick confession on the on the whole. And, and by the way, when we get back here, there's like this restaurant thing going on here that I can't even begin to understand. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bob Ted Carroll and Al. I mean, I know who's what. I, I'm, I'm so confused right now. A lot of restaurant activity. Yeah, but, but, it's like, but it's all like moving and, uh-huh. and change. I, anyway, we'll get to that on the other side. Uh, I am, uh, uh, I like, like, my, my go-to would be Monocles. Okay. Or Del Carmen. Yep. I mean, it's my favorite. You like the squares? Is that part the of the experience? squares are fine. It's the okay. crust, the, yep. the thin. I like the thin. I like thin, thin crust the, it, yeah. by yeah. and large. But I also like, I love the sausage pizza from Casey's, oh, which good. is a little thicker. Mm-hmm. But the only kind of deep pan, like, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing was the original Garcia's at the Hickory Point Mall. Oh, nice. That was so good. Yeah. And they, they don't do that anymore. Uh, oh, There's a Garcia's, but it's not the same. Oh, yeah, okay. People love that gut, gut buster. Yes, it is. You, are you, do you think? Do they still have that? Yeah, they have the gut buster. Is it the same? Yeah, I, I've had. I thought their pizza, and it's not like the square slice. It's the rectangles. Is it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they cook it in the rectangle pan and then cut it into fourths so that you get the or whatever. That I might have to give that another shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they have a, a good sausage mix. I like ago. the sausage on their pizzas. Okay. Yeah, I'm a sausage guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. It's coming up on March 25th. Let's do the. Uh, well, actually, let's just explain to me the the restaurant bingo card as it exists right now. Um, so you've got people buying, yeah, selling, all moving, the, changing. That's what it sounds like yeah. right. All the it depends on who your so, source okay, is. Okay, but tell me, you know, you dog Castro's, Lock, Stock and Barrel, Forty Eight Inch Sloans. Make this make sense to me. It looks like a carousel. And of, I know I'm not, I'm going to hold you. I mean, this is what it appears to be. Yeah, it looks like there's an overall, if, you know, there's a lot of groups on Facebook right now speculating on who's moving where. And, okay. And whether places are closed. Lockstock is, is closed right now for renovations. They are doing some floor work and stuff like that. Okay. And, and they're get, they're going to emerge with some, with a new menu. There's across the street from no, them. What, what will Lockstock be then? It's going to be Lockstock and Barrel. I thought it was Sloan's. Sloan's Calzones will be in there serving pizza. But lock stock will lock still stock. be yeah. open. Oh yeah, absolutely. As as you've come to know it. I don't. I hope these kids know that we can't put twenty two people on. They just keep it like a clown car. <laughs> it's a clown car. It's one of my favorite expressions. Yeah, over at U Dogs, that was purchased by the our our favorite spot, uh, Taqueria La Perlita, uh-huh. and you can get U Dogs there and. The Mexican food that they serve. And then, you know, Castro's hoping, uh, from what I understand, trying to get open finally and, uh-huh. and maybe some pivots over in the other uh, spots in that campus and maybe some movement downtown. Is, dude, I, you can't keep track of New it. New owners at the 48 Inn. Yeah, man. The Huddle House just opened. That was good. I ate there. I like that experience. And then we've got, we talked about Hot Shots downtown. I feel like sometime. I'm going to have to look for a chair real quick. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully you get the, and when you win, you get the cake at the end. Was that musical chairs? Cakewalk. Cakewalk. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've done that in probably 40 years, yeah, 30 years. Probably been that long. <laughs> so there's a lot of moving pieces yeah. out there. And right who knows now. what all is going to be what, but it sounds like things are coming. Things are good. I, I love when, you know, there's this go-to move on social media mm-hmm. whenever it comes to restaurants. Yeah. I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and if I even started to count the number of restaurants that arrived and left over the time that yeah. I've been doing this, the list would be unbelievably long. Absolutely. It's just a hard, hard mm-hmm. business. I, I get why people are attracted to it, but it's tough. I mean, it's not an easy thing to build a longstanding, successful place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yet people take it so personally here. Yeah. Like, like it's somehow the town's fault. No. And, and if you pay it real attention, there are some restaurants that are thriving in a way uh, that, uh, you know, that don't thrive in other communities. There are some really good ones. We have some high-end restaurants. Yeah. You know, I, we ate at the Beach House this week. I'll throw them a shout-out. Sure. They're, wh- what they're doing is amazing. It's high-end, and people support it. Yeah. You know, but, but and they know how to run a restaurant. But that is the abnormality. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, it's hard. that's the outlier when it look when you look at it from to- mm-hmm. totality. Yeah, and it's always been that way. COVID made it even worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the idea that people think there's something unique to like the water or no. something here when a restaurant closes is just crazy. The, the, you can just Google the statistics of of the the people who make it. Drive to any city. USA, and you're going to see places that come with great fanfare and leave in a short order, or some that come and and go. It, it just it's the nature of it. it's hard. Yeah, I mean it really is. Now there there's I, I know, and then the arguments go on about you know like I'm reading this stuff about a liquor license and like like, like first and foremost, I, I I I can't understand what people don't understand about how it works. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a county thing. Yeah. If you're in the city limits, there's a liquor commissioner, which never gets mentioned in any of this. So it's like, how deep have you really, yeah, argued this argument? You know, there's things like so. You, you, everybody has a dream of wanting to go in and cook your, your recipes. Your friends say you have good food. You get in there, you put money down. You know how to rent a place. You know how to go buy a fern, uh, freezer. You know how yeah. to put booths in. But maybe you don't know that you need a hand sink over here or that you don't know that you have OSHA standards or that you need time clock and payroll and right. ordering and, dry and, goods. And, and I get it's it's a ton, right? Yeah, it's and a I lot. get all that. But, you know, the first thing you have to do is pay your liquor taxes. Yeah, that if you're selling liquor. 
I mean, I mean that is, if that's your bread and butter, you got to mm-hmm. do that. Now, yeah. do people make mistakes and deserve second? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not even arguing that. Yeah, I'm just saying learn. that's not the city's fault. Yeah. If you're not paying your bill, that's there's just a lot of stuff is. going on. I, I wish them all nothing but success. Heck yeah, I'm going to go to all of them. <laughs> that's what I do. She gave away about like six hundred dollars in free advertising there. Uh, that's right. But man, there's some musical chairs going on for sure. When I settles, I'll report back. Okay. Because I'm going. Keep us posted. Okay, then we got the new ones you reported yeah. on. By the way, the Starbucks thing, I guess, is public. Now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I gotta go sort stuff out in a while. <laughs> Have fun with that. We'll take a break. Back with more right after this. This is Brian Barnard, voice of the Fighting Illini on Decatur's home for Fighting Illini Athletics for over 75 years. WSOY Decatur, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and streaming at nowdecatur.com. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski has been assigned to three key subcommittees of the House Committee on Agriculture. Budzinski will serve on the Subcommittee on General Farming Commodities, Risk Management, and Credit, the Subcommittee on Conservation, Research, and Biotechnology, and the Subcommittee on Commodity Markets, Digital Assets, and Rural Development. Budzinski says she'll be focused on giving Central and Southern Illinois family farmers a strong seat at the table during negotiations for the upcoming Farm Bill. The DPS Board of Education got their first look at the proposed new American Dreamer STEM Academy. This is at the site currently owned by Oak Grove School. The budget for the project is... You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.